Hello there. Uh, that introduction to this week's podcast will become relevant once I introduce this week's guest and you kind of see what I'm talking about. Thank you very much for joining me for another episode of Soundtracking uh, with me, Edith Bowman, where I dive into the minds of the great and good from the world of music, film and TV to talk about the beautiful and unique relationship between music and the moving image. And we are thrilled to welcome back a lady who was previously on the podcast with her director, but Natalie Holt is back on Soundtracking. Um, she's the wonderful composer of things like Loki, but most recently providing the score for Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+, Plus, uh, which me and my boys absolutely loved. Hello there. You see, that's what I was trying to do. Amongst the many lovely things which happened during the scoring process for Natalie were meeting none other than a legend that is John Williams and friend of the show Ludwig Gornson, of which more shortly. First, a word from my very good friend at Shopify. Now, I've said this before, one of the many things about soundtracking that we're very proud of is that we started it on our own, which gives us incredible freedom. We're able to make all the decisions. There's something empowering about being your own boss. Well, this is something you can do too with Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run and grow your business. Now, don't worry about not having skills in things like coding or design or even marketing. It's all in one place and makes it simple for anyone to sell anywhere. Whether you're thinking about creating your first online shop or you're looking to find new customers for your existing business. When you're ready to share your idea with the world, build it on Shopify, which is powering thousands of ideas across the UK. Shopify simplifies selling to anyone, anywhere, from in-person point of sale to online through your website and social media channels like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. In fact, we are thinking about how we can use Shopify for soundtracking, whether that's for selling vinyl soundtracks or maybe, maybe getting some soundtracking merch. Watch this space. But now could be your time. Start selling today with Shopify for free. There's support 24-7 helping every step of the way. So what's stopping you? Sign up for a free 14-day trial at shopify.co.uk slash sound. That's shopify.co.uk slash sound right now to grow your business today. And so to Natalie and her fabulous score for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we'll begin with a cue from the series Spice Den. Thank you so much for your time, love. It's so great to get to to get you back on. It feels like a, a kind of blink of an eye since we last spoke with Kate, but I mean, oh my God, what an exciting time for you. Congratulations. Thank you. And we've had a, an absolute joy of, of every Wednesday night being excited about the the dropping of another episode of, of Obi. It's so nice to have an appointment to view. 
it's really healthy for it's really healthy for kids, I think, to, to have to wait for stuff. Where on earth did you start with Obi-Wan? It's so great. I've been listening listening on on repeat to there's a queue called Order, I think it's Order 66, is it? I just love the kind of journey of that queue in itself because it starts off so so kind of tender and beautiful and then it just takes it's like almost like kind of taken off on a spaceship in a way but um where did you start with Obi-Wan talk to me a little bit about this journey working with Deborah and, and that whole world really yeah oh my gosh it's co- <laughs> how long ago do, were you were you already doing it when we last spoke then did you know it was happening no I did not know it was happening wow. I I auditioned, I what, auditioned uh sent in a reel for it like last summer so I I knew that the project was in existence but it was be- slightly before Loki came out, actually. And I think Loki put me in front, like it sort of gave me the attention I needed to kind of yeah. be in front of those people for that job, I suppose. And then um, the job kind of came back around Christmas time because I think there was a there was somebody else on board and the scheduling changed. And they actually wanted to release it on May the 4th, but it, um, it didn't quite... <laughs> come together it was like because and they took a few months off the post-production schedule because they just changed the release date so it was like a real like full-on frantic kind of wow. job in time so I got I, I landed the job on middle of December and then yeah I delivered delivered the whole lot thing by uh like beginning of April wow so it was kind of three months, yeah, plus Christmas. And then, oh my gosh, my dad was in hospital over Christmas. Oh, so so my, my week off was more stressful than work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Obviously, because there's the there's there's a I don't know how you describe, but there's a there's a foundation there of the world. I guess is kind of the best way of of kind of describing it in terms of there are bits there. You know, there are characters that we know. There are themes around characters that we've had in previous films and incarnations and all that kind of thing. So, what was the kind of conversations that you had about how much of that you needed to? incorporate or avoid or what what was it and stuff because obviously John's been involved in writing this new theme and I was like so I got so emotional watching pictures of you meet him and all that kind of stuff it's kind of like oh my god what was that like so many questions sorry but yes talk to me about the kind of parameters of you know of of what they asked and and how you did that and navigated you know it's not a complete blank canvas is it really or was it well it was so when I 
met Deborah, like she flew over, Deborah Chow, the director flew over to London for two days and she just wanted to watch it through and chat about it. And at that point there was no, John Williams wasn't involved. Yeah. And also like they own the rights to his music, but he has to give permission for his themes to be used. And he hadn't given permission at that point. So Deborah sort of said, I don't want to use the heritage themes in case we can't use them. So let's treat this more like Mandalorian and let's just take it into our own world, like yeah. and to be more modern and just make it our own and kind of ignore, just don't even think about the Star Wars legacy. Yeah. That was kind of the initial brief, which I tried to do. Although, I mean, I still, my first sketches, like I did a sketch for Obi and Leia and it was still very steeped in Star Wars. I could, like, I couldn't kind of shake that off. Yeah, I think Deborah just wanted to just try something else, like something, she wanted it to feel more like internal and be more connected to yeah. Obi feeling like alone in the desert and like, alienated from all the familiarity and just that he's he's kind of living this really kind of simple small life that then kind of you know expands outwards Mm. so that was kind of her brief was just really simple keep it really simple and and quite a spare So yeah, we we did this and we were kind of working and then end of January, I think Kathleen Kennedy and John Williams had got together and he just said he kind of expressed interest in writing Benny a theme. <laughs> Benny, like he calls Obi-Wan Kenobi Benny. <laughs> but because he he said, you know, 
he he's the only heritage character that he hadn't written a theme for because he didn't realize the importance of the character when he scored a new hope so yeah he was just really then he he said he had a couple of weeks and he didn't want to tread on my toes he was he was so sweet and and kind of you know then him coming on board and and writing the theme and then allowing us to use his themes he watched it through and he he granted permission he identified the places where he felt his themes should go and so then it was that 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 those areas got taken care of by Bill Ross and John Williams separately from me so it was quite a strange writing process yeah because I wasn't sure what they were doing and and Deborah wasn't either because <laughs> that's just how John Williams works as well he just he doesn't have a computer he doesn't do demos he just he hand writes on a sort of architect table like hand writes wow. his, so um and I was rece- I received the piano sketch reduction for the OB theme you know I think like the beginning of February and I just played it through on the piano and I loved it. It's, it's it sounds really lovely on the piano actually <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping they might do a piano version just yeah it, it's you know like that piano version of the ET theme that they yeah. have on the credits of ET it had that really kind of intimate emotional quality yeah and then I watched him record it and it was his 90th birthday <laughs> and he recorded that theme so that was very cool like a lifelong John Williams fan and he's you know the reason I'm doing what I'm doing I would oh, say was, so, yeah that was like a really special moment to be working on a show with him and watching him conduct and yeah just it couldn't have been better really it was great and um yeah how beautiful is that to know that you've like he's the reason you do what you do but then to work on this project where your music is is kind of there's a marriage of the two of you with your music which is just that's beautiful because you have given this show its own identity through the music and there are moments where we get little kind of sort of flutters of of themes or whatever they are sort of thing but they're 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 only kind of like tastes of things that are completely enveloped by your kind of your vision really but what an amazing thing to be able to to do and to be part of and the fact that you know he didn't have to kind of want to a give 
you know, the rights for his stuff to be used as and when it needed to be or whatever it wanted to be, but also to kind of, he obviously sort of saw something in what you were doing as well that wanted to be part of it. That must make you feel lovely and amazing. I hope it does. It really does. Yeah, it's great. And, you know, because like Rogue One, he didn't give permission for for any of his themes in that. So Michael Giacchino scored that very much like a way and and it's a separate um, area of the, of the world of the universe as well yeah. and so I guess it's most similar to um Han Solo I guess like and I, I got to meet John Powell as well when I was in LA and it, we, it was so great to chat to him about <laughs> yeah what, what it was like because I, I mean there is you, you feel like oh my gosh there's a huge weight of responsibility because you know like you're working on something with such a kind of house style I guess for want of a better word um, and and so beloved, like the music, the Star Wars music is so beloved by the fans. So you just feel like this enormous sense of pressure to, to not <laughs> not screw it up. <laughs> I've done it. You've done the opposite. hard like if you're watching it and particularly with not so much with Obi-Wan actually or with Benny as I'm now going to refer to him but <laughs> but with but with them um, but with Darth because visually you know he comes on screen and you I remember how I felt when he came on screen as a kid watching him and and that music always accompanying him do you know what I mean dun dun dun, dun. you know it's there it's kind of you almost you hear it in your head without even seen it so as 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 for you to have to kind of particularly with being a fan to remove that kind of from your your brain when you're trying to sit down and write new themes around these characters that are real origins to where we ended up with that music really it's almost the journey to those points of those music I guess you're you're creating the origin story for those massive themes really in a way yes yeah that I mean and actually my Vader theme I mean Deborah just said like when when we're seeing him walking down the street in in episode three yeah and he's just killing people left right and center and she said you know we've never seen Vader in his prime like he's a young Vader he's yeah and he's full of rage and hatred he hasn't kind of controlled his anger yet like we when we see him in a new hope he's an older man he's kind of controlled that he's 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 kind of reined it in and he's just much more kind of military mm. and does it like that and so she wanted this chaotic kind of swirling rage like this visceral thing to accompany him that it's just like coming from the depths and you know so that that was kind of how we approach that but underneath like I used a, a hunting horn and like slowed down double basses just but but yeah underneath it pinning it together is this rhythmic 
drive on the drums and there's like a war sticks as well and that's got the vader rhythm so it, it's got the same rhythm as the reader yeah. um, theme so it's connected yeah i love the um sense invader cue as well that's yeah. got so much that's drama to it yeah that's it's so yeah <laughs> so it starts off with kind of almost quite electronic in a way it's so great because Obi's kind of in he's in the um, hiding place yeah you, he, he kind of senses him and then it develops into that street walk sequence so yeah. I mean lots of things on the album are just telling stories visually you know like you were saying about the Order 66 track that you liked and yeah. how it shifts around but that's yeah it's kind of going with the younglings doing their Jedi training like really calm at the, at the opening and then suddenly the, the door opens and the stormtroopers start killing them so yeah. yeah all the all those pieces on the album right it always feels weird to kind of they're so specifically to picture and then when you listen to them away it's, it's yeah so it's kind yeah. of how it works Did you have fun doing it? Yes, I did have fun, but um, it was it was really like crazy stressful. As well. Yeah, I bet more so than Loki. Um, yeah, it would yeah, because Loki was in pandemic time, and I recorded it all remotely. So I was like sat here recording the whole thing, like the orchestra, all the soloists were sending stuff back in, and I just was tinkering around much more in my studio. And yeah, Obi, I did everything over in LA. And, but it was great to be with John Williams's musicians recording with that orchestra at the Fox wow. Newman recording stage. So yeah, that was that was one of the highlights was was getting to do it all live. What does it feel like in that room? You know, you've done all that work, you've done all the prep, you've done all the sort of, and then you're in that room and you hear 
these musicians playing back what you've created what's the feeling what what's the kind of emotion that you're feeling when when that's happening yeah I, I don't know I go into like a really weird zone when I'm when I'm in recording sessions I just it's because I'm trying to get the best possible version of a cue it's kind of like I'm just constantly like checking the score and thinking like maybe I should put I don't know like a mute on the second violin or whatever I'm doing I'm, I'm kind of still working yeah it's like I'm <laughs> listening to it and then I'm working how to how, how to improve it and then and and then you're kind of like am I am I getting goosebumps from this like is it is it working to picture and yeah this, it's just kind of um like I always feel that a day never goes as quick as one when you're in a recording studio like how is it it's like 10 o'clock at night and like the whole it's, it's the day just goes in a flash but I love it it's great We've been lucky enough that we've tried to Ludwig a couple of times for the podcast. And he's, uh, um, I mean, I'm, I love chatting to him. He's so fascinating as well. And you, am I right in thinking you you worked a bit with Chris Vogel as well, who had worked with Ludwig on The Mandalorian? Yeah. So Chris Vogel was my engine, scoring engineer. Like he was recording everything in the studio at Fox. And then we were mixing it together in Chris's studio. And um, Chris Vogel and Teddy Shapiro and Ludwig share a studio complex in Glendale. So um, that was really cool. I was, I was um, Ludwig was away recording for Black Panther. He was on a kind of field trip, but he yeah, got yeah. back um, like halfway through and got to meet him and hang out a little bit. He's so cool. He did this. Um, we were, we chatted in the middle of lockdown, actually, I think it was. And um, I was just kind of waxing lyrical about how my my nine year old who's learning to play French horn is, was trying to play the um the you know do, 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 on his on his and he and he went go and get him so I went and got him and he when we came back he had the giant recorder out and, oh. play, and played it for him it's like oh my god I like absolutely dined out on that for weeks after from my <laughs> mom points it was just like it's wonderful to think isn't it that you as as um as kids we've kind of grown up watching something that's still part of they're still inspiring and is still, you know, being creative and the the kind of the extension of the Star Wars world through all these wonderful projects and Marvel as well. I just watched Thor um, Love and Thunder. I mean, he's a, a bit of a maverick and an original and brilliant kind of storyteller, I think, Taika. But in terms of, you know, for you, you've kind of you've you've made such an impression in both these worlds, both in Marvel and both in in this kind of Star Wars world. And like you said, it's like from the, the the Loki thing definitely kind of you know made people pay more attention to the to the the, the cues that you the sweets that you'd put in for for being part of the Obi One thing. What's next? Do you have? Do you make? I don't know. Do you have like a wish list of things that you want to do or people you want to work with or or how does it work now? Because you're in such a great position, particularly after these last two big projects as well that have that have 
quite rightly so gotten you so much great attention yeah oh my gosh it's it's really I've, I've had a little bit a few weeks off and I've just been reading um Judd Apatow's book called Sick in the Head which is it's about com- I find write, writing comedy really fascinating like how people come up with things that make people laugh I, I guess it's similar to writing music in a way you're trying to come up with it's all like a form of expression and writing but yeah I just found it really fascinating like reading through all these comedians processes like particularly how they plot they like um Gary Sandling he was saying had a a vision for how he wanted his career to go like in Seinfeld they just had like a plan for themselves and I feel like I've never really done that I've just kind of I'm like I really like composing and you know it'd be great if I could make a living out of it but I've not really been I've not really been very focused on having a kind of plan of action but I think maybe I should be a bit more so because gosh in 10 years it's like there's only a certain number of projects you can score and I guess you want to make sure that you're kind of creating a a good legacy of work that sort of stands together I guess that's what we can hope for and I guess from the um you know the series of you know Obi-Wan and and, and Loki as an example but you've you know you've worked on long-form series prior to that as well and that's a big ask in terms of a composer in terms of the amount of music that you need to to kind of provide for that it's it's I mean is it is it different from writing for film is it is there much differences or is it just a case of there's more of it I don't know I'm still kind of working out what it, what it is because like Loki felt like a film to me because I was working on all of it like I was working on episode six and one at the same time and trying to make sure that there was an overall arc and yeah. and sometimes in tv when there's just more of a rush you just have to go through episode by episode and mm-hmm. and you don't always have such a so so much time to have that bigger picture I guess yeah Loki I just had so much time because of the lockdown yeah <laughs> I had like a whole year on that and I had three months of development coming up with themes and the suite and everything um so yeah I, I guess every job is different with people yeah basically time dependency. Yeah. What can you tell us about Batgirl? What can I tell you about Batgirl? <laughs> <laughs> Someone sure. it was like one of those weird things you're gonna self-combust if you say too much. It's like <laughs> Oh, I went on I went on set. My daughter, I can tell you this, my daughter was um in a scene. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and uh we went to Glasgow where they're shooting um at Christmas time and she she was in a scene with the young Batgirl. <laughs> That's I, so cool. Yeah, that was really fun. And I was just really chuffed that, um, you know, my daughter just, she's like, mommy's going away for a month or something. Like, it, it was quite nice. It's nice to show your children what you do. And, like, I took her into the, when she came over to LA, she came into the um, recording studio and, oh, and wow. saw that as wow. well. So I just, I feel like she's, it's good to give them an idea of what you're up to when you're not at home. Definitely. Yeah. I, I also think it's really healthy for them to have an understanding of what goes into 
to making all the stuff that we watch and we digest as well. I remember taking my boys to watch. We managed to, we managed uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back uh, with a live orchestra at the Royal Albert Hall. And mm-hmm. I remember my, my little one, who must have been about six at the time. I've let them watch Star Wars way too early than they should have been. Um, <laughs> but um, I remember him turning around to me and going, Mom, there's so much music in this. I hadn't realized how much music there is. And, you know, I guess that's a good thing in terms of it's part of the journey. You know, you're not, it's not kind of making you stop and go, oh, that's, you know, it's it's all part of the experience. But it was so healthy for them to kind of go, these amazing musicians, they don't stop throughout this entire film, pretty much. It is like back to back. And that's probably part of why I love it so much. Uh, and it was really, really fascinating, really good conversations off the back of that from both of them, just about the number of players and what was involved. And I was like, that's why we've got to have an, a, a break in the middle so they can have a break and have a rest before we come back in for the second half. Oh, my God. I took um, my daughter to a concert recently. Um, it was LSO, the LSO doing, it was like a Jubilee celebration. Yeah. And I, I did feel kind of like, I'm not sure if, <laughs> if this is the most child friendly. So we, we kind of, I like, we just did one half of the concert and she was so tired because it's quite late in the evening for them as well. Yes. And it wasn't like, yeah, John Williams sounds like more child friendly material for them to be listening to, <laughs> like for Valdi and sort of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was, she enjoyed it, but yeah. it's great to give them all these experiences, I guess. Yeah, isn't it? definitely. But like um, with, with being on set and, we were watching Harry Potter and she was watching and she was saying, God, they've got a lot of lines to remember, haven't they? And I was just thinking that's interesting that she's now like thinking about how the whole film is put together, yeah. not just the music, like the whole thing. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I think it's really healthy. Natalie, thank you so much for taking the time. Really, really appreciate it. And huge congratulations. I've been loving listening to the music, or, you know, just as, as music from, from Obi-Wan. It really is a like you say, it's got it, there's such great storytelling in, in your your wonderful score. So yeah, thanks for your time. And I really look forward to seeing what's next. Maybe we can have another chat around Batgirl as well when it comes out. Oh, brilliant. Yes, thank you for asking me. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> Take care and thank you so much, love. Have a good weekend. Okay. Bye. From the score to Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's Stormtrooper Patrol rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the fabulously talented Natalie Holt. My huge thanks to Natalie for taking the time to talk to us. You can watch all episodes of Obi-Wan on Disney Plus right now and me and my boys would highly recommend that you do it too. If you want to hear my previous chat with Natalie, along with Kate Heron, about Loki, head to edithbowman.com where you can also subscribe and send us an email. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK and please do share our posts on your social media. Next up, this one deserves a drum roll. Taika Waititi joins me to discuss Thor, Love and Thunder. Also, there's a very special Muppets moment. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. <laughs>